0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hooligan Report, our last edition before Christmas. Um, and we thought we'd fire one up because there's quite a bit to talk about. So uh, welcome aboard, Bojan. Hi okay. And also Cruyff. Hello. <laughs> um, we'll jump right into it. And I guess uh, before we get into last week's games, there is uh, the little issue of uh, Chelsea sacking their manager, which we should probably talk about, which uh, is a pretty big topic of conversation. Um, so i Get yeah, both of your thoughts. Um, obviously, before the season started, it was unthinkable that Mourinho was in any danger. Um, so, do you think it was the right decision to get rid of him after the way they've played, or or was it sort of a bit hasty, Boyan?
1: Oh, they had they had to do it. Yeah. Yeah, there really wasn't wasn't too much option. Um, this had dragged on for far too long, and it wasn't just. I mean, the performances were starting to improve, but. It, the players just didn't want to play for him at the end of the day, and particularly their, their key players. Whether that says more about them than it does Mourinho is, I so guess, up to question. But um, but yeah, it really had to be done.
0: Proof? Yeah,
2: um, it was just I'm more surprised at how much they actually crumbled, and I'd I'd love to know what actually happened and and why the the players sort of revolted against him and. And and why why they stopped trying, but I think it, the the right decision was made because he wasn't getting the results, and the players clearly weren't playing for him. So um, it's it it seems like the right decision.
0: Um, and obviously now the rumours have started about Mourinho heading to United, um, so that sort of draws in uh, Van Halder, to the discussion. Um, with that loss to Norwich, and we'll get into the specifics of the games from the weekend. Uh, in just a little bit, but how close is he to the sack at United this week? Uh, You'd have to say
1: he's pretty close and and an indicator of that would be the fact that despite all the speculation yesterday that he was going to be sacked and neither Mourinho or Diggs would take over, there was complete radio silence from the club which is not a great sign. And then they've they had to do a mandatory press conference today and uh, before the Stoke game. And they just really left him in a really uncomfortable position, which the club shouldn't have done. So what I know is that the, the leading club figures w- would love for it to work and they really like Van Haar, really like what, what he's done, especially behind, behind the scenes at, at, at the club but their hand's been forced by on-field results. And it's not... I mean, everyone says, oh, well, United are basically fourth, you know, we're just fifth on goal difference, but it's not winning a game in your last six or seven. So it's been the recent deterioration in performances and results.
0: Yeah. Um, It's going to be interesting with United because I know we talked about it in the last podcast about just the style of play and and especially after what so that's the losses to Bournemouth and Norwich in the last two games. Um it it's tough though because of how many injuries United have had, it's hard to judge uh how much of it is due to the the um lack of players available and how much of it is due to Van Hales' playing style. Um but it will be interesting because obviously Mourinho has coveted that United job quite a bit. Um so <laughs> Uh, well
1: that's that's an interesting thing in in itself I've mentioned on the board a few times but um, there is talk of a bit of a boardroom battle because Bobby Charlton who holds a lot of sway at the club he's still a director hates Mourinho hates (laughs) everything that he stands for you know he was Bobby Charlton's nickname when he was playing was the gentleman of English football. I'm pretty sure no one would be calling Jose Mourinho a gentleman in the way he acts and his play style. Um, I do have a little bit more on on Mourinho. So Claude Macalele's book, after he retired, pointed the finger at John Terry for Mourinho's um, first sacking.
0: Well, yeah, that's the interesting thing as well. When you look at his comments after this sacking... Where he, oh, i so sorry to see him go and he's a good friend and everything like that. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's probably one of the figures behind it this time as well. And also, Drogba, after he, he wrote his book, after
1: just leaving Chelsea recently, made comments relating to uh, Mourinho, his attitude and game plan. All players being able to play that game plan and keep up that persona only lasting for two to three years before everything just crumbles down. players have had enough, etc. So he's not... I mean, he wouldn't be on any short list for the manager role at Man United if I was in charge. Let's put it that way.
0: So you wouldn't want him to be appointed, even if it's just for the the, the rest of this season or perhaps this season and next season?
1: The one way that I I wouldn't mind it being... The only way... I would be okay with it with him managing the club is if he basically took the caretaker role for the rest of the season and they gave him a, a, I guess an option which United could exercise for a five-year contract at the end of this season. So if things work out and you know results suddenly take off and we flop the table, at the end of the year, the club might say, yep, he's, he, he's the right man. Um, he's been asked to adapt if he wants to join the club, he has to adapt everything. Basically, start from scratch. His um, behavioural problems, his game plan. He's basically <laughs> got to change everything about him if he surely, wants to join the club.
0: Surely, if you appoint him, though, it's for no longer than a two-year contract. <laughs> would, would, would,
2: would you want him at the club like, if I guarantee you are going to be up there with the top two or three clubs in the world again? Uh,
1: he's not really... Oh, well, that's a... I mean, that's a fairly ob- obvious question. Yeah, if he returned the club to the, I guess, the glory days of, of Fergie, then that'd be great. But I'm not convinced, convinced that that is possible under him. And what Van Hal's done in terms of clearing out a lot of senior players, a lot of depth, and trusting the academy. Now, clearly, injuries have meant that he's had to trust the academy a lot more than he would have um, envisioned that really goes against everything Mourinho is all about. He's all about, you know, senior players, then band- banding together and, and trusting them. For example, Brannis Ivanovic <laughs> would, would be an obvious one um, that springs to mind where that's gone too far. How's that going to work when you've got a bunch of 18-year-olds filling in?
0: Fellaini would be I'm starting a lot of games.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I'm the, I, I feel a bit bad for him, to be honest, because he loves Man United. He, he, he loves being there. But his... I guess the Fellaini era, <laughs> what Mois Van Hale is just it's just going to be deemed as as failure,
0: whatever he does. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll move. We'll still talk about Chelsea, but we'll move on and tra- chat about the results from the weekend. And um, Chelsea did bounce back with a three one victory over Sunderland. Um, just how far up the table can Gus Hitting push them now? Um, is he the sort of personality that can sort of Get these Chelsea players back on track and and really fire them back up the table.
2: Can can go as obvious as it sounds. It's going to go one of two ways: either really well or, or 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 really bad. Because if you look at his recent managerial record, it has not been great.
1: It's very similar to Claudio Ranieri's actually. Um, since he left, oh, who was he with in Italy? Since he left Roma, Ranieri's been basically pathetic, and looks like. Um, an, an old granddad a long way past his use-by date, and that's pretty much the way Hiddink's worked ever since he left Chelsea. So, yeah. t- take that from that what you will. Yeah. Um, also, cause, he, cause... he wasn't actually coaching on the weekend, you realise that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, talking... Steve,
2: from... Steve Holland was in charge, yeah. yeah but, I I don't know, who was terrible with Russia, and I can't remember if he managed any clubs. Obviously, he has, but I can't think of who there off the top of my head. But... He's not what he was, say, 10 years ago, sort of thing. He fa- didn't, they fail under, didn't Holland fail to qualify under him for the Euros? He got sacked. Yeah, exactly.
1: After, you know, for all Van Hal's faults, he led them to the semi-final and then I <laughs> think took over after and I think they finished second bottom of the group and he got fired and Danny yeah. Blinn took over with two games to do
0: yeah, so he, he managed Turkey, then he managed Angie Makachkala Makech, or something. <laughs> I assume that's They're, a Turkish club. Russian. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, Russian. Very, very Russian? rich. Oh, right. I've never heard of them. Uh, and then the Netherlands, it, yeah.
2: It, 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 who played for them when it was only about five percent.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, he had, and he a, had, he had it, a 53% had... winning record with them. It's not too bad.
1: Well, that, that's like having, I guess, like, oh, managing... Yeah, fair enough.
0: Real Madrid with the fifty percent winning record. Yeah. Hi Benitez. <laughs> um, I saw I saw a stat I think Sky Sports put up that to make the top four they had to win something like twenty two of their last um, twenty three games or however many it is. Um, how no many games left? Twenty games.
2: You're yeah. breaking up really bad.
0: Am I? Sorry. Yeah. Um. So I just yeah I can't I can't see it happening. Um, no. Nah. Anyway, um, next game was uh, Leicester's victory over Everton, uh, and Leicester just keep on keeping on. I mean, everyone was talking about how they had this tough run of fixtures coming up, and, and they've already got 10 points from the first few fixtures, um, and they've got Liverpool up next. But how, how did you see them playing against Everton? How, was, how did oh, they go?
2: It was an entertaining game from, from both teams. I, I think it could, <laughs> it, it could have gone either way, and... Um... But as you said, they just keep on keeping on and, and, and all credit to them and, 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 and Renieri and, and the way he's got them playing. and The players obviously have a lot of belief in the, in each other and their teammates and and um, it, it's shining through in this so-called tough patch.
0: Um, are they legitimate title contenders now?
2: I still say no. Yes, they
0: are. So so why do you say they are, Boyan, and then why do you say they aren't, Kroff?
1: They are are because they're top of the league, and not only are they top of the league, they've been the best team this season by, well, quite comfortably. Um, And I know, obviously, Arsenal are having a great run, but the consistency of Leicester and consistency of performance, so results and performance, means you've got to count them in as a title challenge. I mean, the only thing I can say that would say that they're not a contender is the idea that... You know they shouldn't be there in the first place, and they don't to effectively drop off, or they might get an injury. But if they can remain injury free, why not?
2: Croft, I just I'm, obviously it's going to sound very dumb for me to say no that they're not considering the top of the league and and the point Brian has made. No, no,
0: it's good to have um, contrasting views.
2: A <laughs> um, no, I just think the, the lack of experience, and at the end of the day, don't yeah. the, I? I I think they're they're bound to drop at some point or another. I know everyone keeps saying it and they keep proving everyone wrong, but I think they they are <coughs> <coughs> sorry, they are quite inexperienced. When you I guess when you when you look at a, a, a grand scheme of things, I mean they haven't won a trophy for I don't know however long, but um I, I think experience does play a big part in, in things like this, especially in the title race when the pressure's on and um, things like that. I mean, Arsenal in 2003, I think, were nine points ahead. We lost to Bolton, and we lost a title from there. And that's a squad that's with all due respect to Leicester, had much more talented players and a much better manager. It's just things like that can happen. One, one bad result can sort of uh, demoralise the team, and, and from there it can just get worse. But I guess we'll find out what happens come May.
0: Yeah, and it, it's an interesting point because I do think um, when they've got uh, Liverpool and Man City in their next two games, if they can avoid a big defeat in either of those, then I think in terms of morale they should be fine in the sense that they'll have then played every team in the uh, Premier League. And so going into the second half of the season, yes, they might have a couple of bad results, but with the knowledge that you know we've <clears throat> they've faced every team in the Premier League and they've got these results... Um, it should fill them with a bit of confidence. Um, and I, the other the other I, interesting... Sorry?
2: I think they've been very lucky with injuries too. I mean, if, if you well. give, give, give <laughs> the injuries that United, Arsenal or Liverpool have had to Leicester, they, there's no chance they're top. Absolutely no chance.
0: I, the interesting point about injuries though is, I mean, the the point people make is that oh, if Vardy or Mares gets injured, then they're in trouble. And I'd grant perhaps maybe if, if Vardy got injured. But um, the interesting thing with Mares I mean, all Brighton is, I think, third for assists for the season uh, in the league, or oh, fourth for the season for the season for assists. He's got six assists, and he's only behind Özil, Delafeo and Mares. Um, so it's not as if their other players aren't creating chances. Um, but I will grant, I think, if Vardy got injured, I think that would be a big issue for them because I don't know if their other strikers are in quite as good form. Um, and I think they will be going out in January and, and trying to fix that. And I think Kramaric has been linked to a move to... I can't remember where it was. I know Sheffield Wednesday were interested, but they seem to be linked to all the big-name strikers. I don't know. I think there was some serious interest from someone else. And I think Villa are interested in Inla, because Inla's not getting any game time. Yeah, I've read that. Um, so I think, I think there are a few players that might head out. But I know Ranieri said he wasn't planning to sign anyone, um, but if anyone leaves, obviously he'll look to strengthen. But if they if they fix up their defence a little bit, if they bring in maybe another striker or two, um, then perhaps depth stops being such an issue for them. Um, but yeah. the very... Defoe
1: would be quite good there.
0: Well, I think Big Sam's been told he has to sell before he can buy, us, so that could certainly be an option.
1: Don't you think he's kind of perfect for, the, for that kind of role, he's obviously not at these days at the same level that Vardy currently is, but he's not a too dissimilar kind of striker.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, you'd you'd want a striker who's a bit dissimilar to Vardy, because if you, I mean, we were talking about Long on the board yesterday, because apparently they've been linked to Shane Long, Um, and he's very similar to Vardy, and I would have thought you'd want someone who's a good foil for Vardy, Um, someone like a... Not not that they would get him, but someone like Apella or someone who would hold the ball up and actually bring him in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get a, I dis- know, dis- em-
1: disagree entirely.
0: Emil Hesky's playing for Bolton. <laughs>
1: I, I totally really? disagree. You if don't... we're looking at... No, because they're not going to change their formation now. It's the top but of the league. But they're playing two I'm, at the top. I'm
2: surprised they're not in for Charlie Austin, to be honest.
0: <laughs> well, they, yeah, they might be. I mean, they are playing two at the top. They've got... They've they started Ushara against Chelsea. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're bringing and Joe is essentially a target man, so if you upgrade Uzoa, Um okay. But yeah, I, I sometimes they do play one up the front, up one up front. In which case, you would want someone who can replace Vardy if he's injured, like a Shane Long.
1: Well, that, yeah, that, that that's what I'm saying. If, yeah, if, if yeah. we're saying that an injury to Vardy will completely derail that season, then someone like uh, a Defoe or someone in that role, maybe even a uh, Jose uh, Perez from Newcastle. Would be good just to come off the bench, and then if Vardy does get injured or he needs a rest, you can still play 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 the same way. But yeah, if they can get Graziano Pella, instead of it'd absolutely do it. But I can't. Or, I, I yeah, doubt yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> no, I, that was just <laughs> an example of the, the
0: yeah. style of play. Yeah, if they could get a Shane Long, I mean, he from memory, I, I don't think he's played that many games this season for Southampton, so he may well. Um, be in the market for a move I don't know depends what his wife wants because she seems to dictate wherever he goes (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know because she she never wanted him to move to Hull in the first place so he was up here for six months and as soon as Southampton came in he was happy to stay but she said no no I want to I want to move down south and and off he went Um,
1: it's a it's a problem that all the northern clubs
0: have yeah (laughs) yeah. massive problem Um, it is tough retaining players Um, well we've then got United's lost to Norwich to chat about. Uh, we've already touched on this a little bit. Um, I think I think the stat was that this is for the first time Norwich has beaten you at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Very well taken
2: goal by Teddy, too. Yeah. Well, lovely
0: finish. I, I can't believe JD thought
1: that was the higher error. It was just... Was that the second goal? Finish.
0: Yeah. I oh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it felt like it was a... a Getting, getting caught out at the near post, I, th- I felt, was a little bit weak from him, but it was a good finish as well.
1: It was very um, Michael Owen-esque in the way that you don't set yourself to shoot. You shoot early, which catches the goalkeeper off guard. Um, but, yeah, look, they deserved it. So there's not really much I can say. Yeah, it is first time we lost in the Premier League to them. First time, I think it was, in 35 years. We've lost at Old Trafford to Norwich, um, and there's really nothing to be excited about outside of uh, Junior Pelle, the Golden Boy.
0: <laughs> it was a pretty Junior, scrappy uh, goal as well. What a,
2: what a terrible nickname that! <laughs> got it from the board. Absolutely woeful. It's from Faith. What do you expect? I don't <laughs>
1: you
2: keep repeating it, which is alarming.
1: <laughs> he's he's really. On a completely different level to the rest of, to the rest of the squad. I mean, it's there, was like an, just... there was
2: an article that I think Henri wrote it um, how he'd play, uh, Mahrez as a nine. I, I didn't read it, but it's, it's like I'm just going to say Henri's going to know what he's talking about, even though he's not a manager. He Was a world class striker for quite a long period of time, and Mach- Machal is maybe he's not being played in the right role, or he's suffering from poor teammates, or it's a combination of both, but. I mean, he's obviously got the talent and the ability to shine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to see how he'd go under more, I guess. Yeah,
2: I, and Van Hal's tactics are obviously stifling your whole attack, really.
1: Yeah, when we have the... Oh, sorry, when the opposition have the ball, our strikers push out to the fullbacks. So they're on completely either side of the pitch. So when the ball's turned over, there's just nothing going forward. So there's no counter-attack, which is what you know, someone of Marshall's speed and ability is perfect for. There's no potential for, for, for counter-attack. And then we played the possession football for five minutes every, every time we have it. And the, and the opposition just sit back and try and hit us, hit us on the counter-attack. So there's no doubt the tactics uh, aren't suitable for him. But um, yeah, for, for anyone that's seen him this year, he's been by far and away, well, along with Chris Smalling, Easily now. Best player. And I, I know it's early, but um I have no concern ab- about that transfer fee whatsoever. How much did you pay again? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. We've had to we don't have to stump up another five million euros at the end of the season because the Dolan boy was one of the bits in his contract. So ah, it's right. go, yeah. go up to fifty or fifty one or something based on
2: I guess when you think if it goes up to that price, he's obviously fulfilling the, 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 the fee and um, his talent. So it's you're paying extra money, but it's obviously going to get, you'd think you would get the club places if you're having to fork out all these clauses and whatnot.
1: If we pay the full 51 million, it will mean that um, he's a top striker in the lead and he's the Ballon d'Or winner within the yeah. next 40, 40 years.
2: So... Which is only a good thing from a United perspective as well. <laughs> exactly. Hey, the man. No, hey, Monica. No, I, I mean though, more more in the regard that um, it's not a bad thing. Not It's the only good thing happening for the club, but um, it'd, it'd be a, a massive, massive bonus sort of thing anyway. Forget, forget I'm talking. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> another, another big upset from the weekend, which... Um maybe maybe an upset maybe not but given the way they're playing is Watford winning 3-0 over Liverpool um if Leicester weren't top of the league Watford would be the team everyone was talking about because they're sitting in 7th place but they're one point outside the top 4 as a promoted club um and their form has just been absolutely ridiculous they're, they're on the cu- they're on the longest winning streak in the Premier League which is four wins in a row which just shows you how uh, disjointed the league has been this year in terms of winning runs. Uh, and Odin Galo and Troy Deeney have just been something else. I mean, they, they've been incredible together. Um, and this was just another fantastic win for them.
2: Definitely. Uh, I mean, they're,
0: t- they're, they're, they're on fire. and They're
1: yeah. a terrific team, team to watch. And I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. But the, um, can you kind of see the... York and Cole comparison that I was making Yeah, in between that relationship it's just like they, them on their own just completely tall Liverpool to shreds any time does, Dini, Dini kind of drops from uh, the number 9 position back to number 10 gets the ball and he doesn't even have to look up he just knows the space knows where Adalo's going to be puts it in there and then Adalo's he doesn't look strong but he pretty much manhandled Martin Sturdle and For that second all that yeah.
2: They went into beast mode yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, To be
1: fair, they've been like that since the start of the season They're, fly, they're still flying under, under the radar And um, they're, they're looking at strengthening in, in the transfer window I know that um, Iturbe Nah, he's, he's signed with Bournemouth Yeah, I know, I posted that um, yeah. but, but that's the calibre <laughs> yeah. That's a transfer for Iturbe But um, that's the kind of calibre of player they'll be looking to bring in in January
0: yeah, I mean that second goal just sort of typified the way they're playing, and and the flick over the top from Deeney, and then just Igalo beasting skirtle off the ball, and you just think um, <laughs> it's just it's just incredible the way that they're playing at the moment. Can I throw it, in it's, those, like, it's hey. not even at the moment. I mean, Igalo's got the most goals in twenty fifteen across England, um, so he's been doing it for twelve months now.
1: Just as a smoky for the United job. Yeah. E.J. Sanchez-Flores. <laughs> oh, yeah. He he has managed at the highest level before. Yeah, hey, Valencia. They have the best defensive... I think they've got the best defensive record in the lead, or top three or four. Yeah. In, in the lead. He's obviously got a couple of forwards. Well, hey, they score goals, and that's better than we're doing at the moment. So, <clears> um... To be honest, I mean,
0: <laughs> the way that Watford seemed to manage their club, that he, he probably wouldn't be there for that much longer anyway.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, so if they got top four this year, Watford, and then next year got bundled out in the group stages and finished 5th probably get sucked. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but well, Watford are sort of, they're like the Palace of last season, I guess it was Southampton of two seasons ago, or last season, whatever it was. I mean, they're sort of just up there and nobody sort of expects them to be up there and they're doing very well. And I think a lot of neutrals like them too, that these sort of promoted clubs come up and, and do well and 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 don't sort of roll over and in, in sort of three, four games of the season. They go there, they fight, they play, and they're entertaining to watch.
0: But it's, I mean, it's a bit more than, I mean, and it's the same point that you'd make about Leicester. I mean, we draw the comparisons to Southampton or West Ham in previous seasons, who went on really good runs and were up, on, up high on the table come October, November, whatever. But these sides are playing... Pretty consistently week in, week out. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a Watford game where they didn't play well and DeGalo and Denny weren't involved in scoring goals. Um, and I think they've scored or assisted something like 90% or more of Watford's goals for this season. Um, and Leicester as well. I mean, Leicester are scoring every game, they're the top scorers in the league. So it's not as if it's not as if these sides are having big wins on, you know, three, four, five weeks in a row and then having these down patches where they'll, you know, get a nil nil draw or they'll eke out a one nil win or something like that. They're they're playing very consistently and yeah, Watford may well drop off, but there's no signs that it's a temporary sort of status of form.
1: Same with it- Palace.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. Palace are doing well as well, and we, we barely even touch on them. Cardiff uh, went...
2: being being absolute gash at Newcastle was the best thing to happen to Crystal
0: Palace. <laughs> and then they got another two one win this week against Stoke. What's fascinating about Palace is that
1: um, Conor <clears throat> Wickham, so their centre forward, only play one striker, so their centre forward scored his first goal in the Premier yeah. League. On the weekend, it was, wasn't it? A penalty? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they all count, but he's actually—he actually, yeah, yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. He actually yeah. plays really well in that system, and he—and he, he has a job to do. Del storing is kind of like a secondary thing in the system that Pardew running, but uh, that Balassi Zaha thing—just—it—it it it, it doesn't matter if it's you know, as as for Leclero or Monreal, everyone's scared of those of those two.
0: Wingers,
1: they're dominant at the moment.
0: And I mean, that's the that's the sort of um, common trend, I guess, between those three sides between Leicester, Palace, and uh, Watford is they all have these duos that just work really, really well together and know that know each other's game really well. With whether it's Fardy, Egalo, Dini or Balassi, Zaha, um, and it's sort of that consistency that those sides have managed to get with those players. Um, that have seen them do so well, and and we would have seen that at Bournemouth perhaps with with Callum Wilson and Matt Ritchie, but mm-hmm. obviously Wilson got injured, um, and that sort of perhaps shows the what if that if Mares had gone down injured in the first half of the season, or Regalo had done something, or or whoever, um, that those sides might have been around Bournemouth's level, um, and that's just the difference that 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 sort of pairing can make for them.
1: I guess the other thing that's interesting is. Um, previously, the promoter clubs would set up against a top six club not to lose and try and sneak a draw. Now they're trying to beat them and now they're confident they're going to beat them. And it's not just because just Norwich World United, but you see Leicester turn up and they're, and they're playing Chelsea and we're like, well, we're going to play them off the
0: park. But that's exactly because who's a top, top six club this season? I mean, if, you, if you're going off. This, yeah, I, I know you. I know you mean traditionally, but that's my point. I mean, the top six clubs traditionally are struggling this season. Spurs, City, and Arsenal are doing okay, and United as well. But they're they're not unbeatable. I mean, they're all having their down patches.
2: Having having said that, though, we beat we played Watford and we beat them three nil away. I don't remember the game, but I was just checking, considering they were in the discussion. But I mean, it seems we did it pretty convincingly.
0: Yeah, but you're sort of the exception because you also beat. Uh, less to five two. So I mean, you're somehow still getting these results against them. Um, how did you? It's... How did you go against Palace? I, can't, I, I We won question. two one. Okay. It was
2: the second game of the season. Dan scored a. a oh,
0: Palace that's right. I the do remember that.
2: And, and we we beat them two one. Yeah. That was that was at Palace though. Right. So that that was an impressive uh, result. Looking back on it, really.
0: I, I wager, and I think this is a pretty easy bet, that, that you're the only side to beat um, Palace and probably both Palace and Watford and obviously and Leicester, because you, cause you're the only ones to beat Leicester. Yeah. Um, But those as those three sides, like I said, I mean, they're, they're setting up to win games because uh, anyone's beatable on their day.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean... <laughs> and it's it's no longer as as we've said that these smaller club, clubs uh, sit back when they, when they, when they play these traditionally bigger teams that they have the belief in uh, uh, that they can that they can take something from these bigger sides
0: and it's certainly been an enjoyable season because of it because there's no game where it's just, it's... there's a predictable outcome yeah I And mean, pretty much every game anything could happen <clears throat> unless Villas playing of course or you know <laughs> Yeah. Um so we'll talk about that final game of the week uh just briefly. Um Arsenal beating Man City. Uh in a, in another great win for Arsenal. I mean they've they've turned that corner in the last season or two where beforehand they sort of had that reputation of not doing too well against bigger clubs. Um I know you've traditionally had a good record over Man City, but um even especially in the last season um I think you got the win over them last year. Yes. Um and then again this year And not only that, but, of course, two assists from Mesut Ozil, who's fast closing in on the record. Well, he
2: has the record for um, this amount of assists. He's got 15 assists in 16 games or something.
0: That's ridiculous.
2: And, and yeah, at this point, he's well on track to breaking the record. And he doesn't look like he's going to slow down either.
0: Yeah. Um, Which is quite incredible after... He had a pretty slow season last year, and there was a bit of criticism about his work rate and all that sort of thing. Um, so he's really come out this season and proved the critics wrong.
1: Well, to, to be fair, like weren't the critics right? Because this is the level he can play to, and he clearly it wasn't was, playing that level. He was.
2: He was never a poor player. He had. He had when he joined Arsenal, he was in the. He had the most assists over the last five seasons in Europe, or something.
1: And then he didn't get it
0: done at the start at Arsenal.
2: But I mean, wasn't quite, that? Well,
0: it, I mean, Wenger I, was playing him out of position a bit. He was
2: playing left wing for a fair part. I guess you've got to take that into consideration. but um, And then you've got to allow time to adapt. I mean, it's his third season there now, so he well and truly should have adapted by this stage. But being played out of position isn't isn't useful for a player like him on the wing. He's not quick. He, he relies on his vision, his technique, his passing. Sticking out on the left wing isn't going to do much for his game. Whereas if you're playing centrally at 10, you can see what he's capable of. Fender out. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't agree with these rumors. <laughs>
0: so, so, Cruyff, if if you take Leicester out of the consideration for the title race, would you now say um, that Arsenal are, are favourites? Oh, if you're not considering Leicester, maybe
2: behind closed behind closed doors, maybe I would. <laughs> but I, I, think. Well, it's it's funny. You Four that points ahead of because, City because because Ar- Arsenal. Generally, start a season slow and finish it incredibly strong. We we tend to go on these runs from sort of Feb till the end of the season, where we'll only drop a few games. And if 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 we continue with that tradition, there's no reason why we can't win the league.
0: There was that season, I think, the one uh, two two or three seasons ago, when it was Liverpool and um, Man City, where I think you were top for a lot of the season, and then was it January or February that you just completely dropped off? Yeah, <laughs> where well, that was yeah that was sort of a reversal of normal, because I agree, normally you finish the season quite strongly. Um, uh, yeah, you just, I guess you don't want to be signing a Calstrom in January, you want to sign an actual, <laughs> <laughs> an actual player who <laughs> will improve I the squad. So, we're,
2: we're playing this role, well. we've missed Alexis for yeah. about a month now. Cock-
0: When's Cock- when Sanchez oh, back?
2: They reckon mid-jam. Yeah, okay. Um, and, I mean, he, he's been injured, Kockelon's injured. Uh, we, we obviously need the DM, but I think I think. A lot of credit needs to... Well, a check has been fantastic. With, without him, I don't think we'd be in the position we'd be in. Well,
0: What was what was the quote in pre-season? That he'd win you five or six points or something like that off his own glass? Well,
2: he's worth 12 to 15 points. Yeah. I think John Terry said that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean... Which,
0: I mean, he's probably, done pretty well so far.
2: One of the best signings... He'd beaten in Wenger's probably top three or four signings, or top five of, of his tenure there.
0: hmm Okay, cool. Well, can I
2: just ask um, Cruyff?
1: No. Um, you, met, you mentioned that Leicester don't have the title-winning pedigree or experience. Can yes. you expand on Arsenal's experience and title-winning <laughs> pedigree?
2: And no, and I'm, have, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, how, yeah. How, how many titles has our manager won?
0: Manager? But how many has...
2: Ten years? Yeah, but look, look, look who's in that squad. Ozil, World Cup winner. Sacker World Cup winner. Czech has won... He won 33 trophies at Chelsea. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in there. Uh, Sanchez. Sanchez, like you won it's, Copa America with Chile. It's, and and the, the, the squad's won an FA Cup, two FA Cups. So yeah. they have that experience there. Hull, Hull and Aston
0: Villa. It's not, not, not it's stiff competition. It's, you can
2: only beat what's in front of you. Yeah. And the team did that twice Leicester, in a row. Yeah,
0: Leicester are beating so, who's in front of them.
2: So, exactly. But I mean, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, and look, let, if you look at this objectively, though, you put Arsenal squad against Leicester's. Who starts for Arsenal? Sure, yeah, but um, yeah,
0: so yeah, but that's, but
2: that's but that's but that's, but that's not but
1: that's not the. Not
2: We're saying that you are tr- you've
1: been choking it up for the last ten years. Why is it going to change? And why can't Leicester sneak in there?
2: There's no well, I, I I just don't think they'll do it. It's just a personal opinion. I mean, we can disagree. That's fine, but. I just don't think Leicester have the credential. The credentials come sort of March, April, when things start getting really the, heated up, that they can sustain
0: it. The interesting thing, though, that you mentioned Wenger, and, and it's an interesting point, and I, th- I think it, we talked about it a few weeks ago, that it's actually quite funny that with the Berenji in charge, everyone was quite critical because they thought he wouldn't be able to handle a relegation battle. But he's almost the perfect. <laughs> man- he's the perfect manager to have in charge for a title challenge because he's been there and done that where he he hasn't actually won the title, um, but he's done quite well in Italy. So, um, if you want to talk about Wenger's experience and Wenger's ability to get the best out of the players in a title challenge, is another one who can certainly do that for Leicester. I agree, I mean, the players themselves might not have the experience, but they've got, you know, Christian Fuchs, they've got Inla, they've got um, guys like that who have, Schwarzer even, who have been there and involved in title challenges who would be able to help coach the rest of the squad.
2: Yeah, and that's that's not unfair, but I just think that may, maybe when things really matter, yeah, Leicester, yeah. Leicester might fade away or
0: it'll it'll as, be interesting.
2: As, as as I said, an injury to Mares would be absolutely devastating for them.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not as convinced that Mares is the important one. I think Vardy's more important. Um or Brighton and either or the, and... like sort of Vardy Yeah,
2: as I said, if you give Leicester the injuries that Arsenal, United or Liverpool have had they would not be top
0: 100%. Oh, sure. I mean, they're a promoted club. They don't have the sort of quality and depth that those sides have. But but that's the exact point, that the fact that they've managed to keep their squad so fit and healthy is actually one of the things keeping them in it, because they they do have that depth to call on that the other sides don't have because of their injuries. Yeah. Um, so if, the, if, if they can keep everyone fit for January, February, um, suddenly they become a real contender because they've got they've got that ability to rotate the squad and they don't have European competition to compete in.
2: That, that's the big that's the big benefit for them, I think, that they don't need to worry about these mid league games, sort of February, March sort of thing, where clubs in the Champions League do and you need to sort of rotate and balance your squad.
0: It'll be very interesting to see what they do in the FA Cup because I think they'll do what they did with the League Cup where they'll... Basically, play a second eleven, mm. uh, and, and their second eleven was still winning them games against a full strength well, West Ham. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm sort of glad that we drew Barcelona because we, uh, Arsenal. Let's be honest, they don't they don't stand a chance to sort of win the Champions League. And I'd rather get knocked out early so we could just focus on the league and potentially the FA Cup.
0: Um, okay, well, we'll move on now. And before we touch on uh, previewing next week's games, we'll we'll chat just briefly about the news in the last week that um, Sepp Blatter has been banned for provisionally banned for eight years, and I think Platini is also banned for eight years. Um, and, and what this what this now means for FIFA?
2: It's a disgrace against human rights. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no equality.
0: Has anyone pointed out what's going on in Qatar to him? And asked him what he, how he feels it's, about it's, Pat? It's,
2: it's a disgrace against human rights. I can't believe that FIFA would do this to him. <laughs> I'm really surprised, to be honest.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I I was quite shocked, but pleasingly shocked when I when I read the news. He's done. He's he's he doesn't look healthy now. he does Well, he I
0: was I was raising that point. I mean, it's eight years, but at his age, is that basically seventy-nine it? or eighty or something? Yeah.
1: No, it's something. It's um, aligns itself with. Uh, Lance Armstrong's ban, I think, and a few other. But basically, it's that length of ban is aligned with people who've had bans for similar scenarios. Right. So when so when Blatter and Platini appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, won't have to go far. It's in Switzerland. Um, <laughs> then they basically won't have a lead to stand on in terms of the penalty being too harsh.
0: Yeah.
2: But it's a hundred percent deserved, and uh, I think Louis V actually pulled out of the race for presidency. But maybe with Platini and Bader gone, he might put his uh, name back in the hat.
0: And then the inevitable question that gets asked, and um, I probably know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway: Does this have any impact on where the 2022 World Cup is going to be held?
2: Bloody hope so. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd, you'd hope so, but you just you you, you don't know these days now. Yeah.
1: There's still work to be done because, you know, until the FBI really goes through FIFA with a broomstick and, you know, because it's not just Blatter and Platini. Yeah. thinking it's just them. There's, there's a fair few others that need to be cleaned out. But, look, there are some. There are still some decent candidates. I mean, I wouldn't... Yeah, there, are, there are some good candidates for the role. Maybe David Gill, who's very highly... Rated. Oh, yes. And, and and respected. I know he's former United man, but he's got he's got dignity, that's for sure.
0: Okay, well we'll we'll move on then, and we'll talk about um, previewing next week's games. And we've got the absolute ball draw as the early game uh, as Stoke against Manchester United. Um, Stoke. I mean, to be fair to them, pulled out that decent result against Man City a few weeks ago. Um, so it could be pretty dangerous to United in this one. Um, how do you see this one, firstly, Brian?
1: I'm worried, mate. I think this
0: um, should
1: be the end for Louis because I'm assuming Cameron Bolt Jackson, who, who I like, and he'll be. He's got a, a lot of ability, but people don't realise that when they're when they're kids, they're gonna take 10 to 20 games to find their feet in the comp at 18, 17, 18 years old, him lining up against Jadon Shakiri. So he'll be licking <laughs> his lips. I would have thought, and he'll be running at him all day. shakiri has so, been great. Oh, well, he was bloody piss poor at the start of the year. But uh, he's really turned good in the last five to six weeks. So I can see that continuing. We're in a struggle. He, he wastes a lot of chances, but, geez Arnautovic gets himself in some great positions. So I can see us uh, I'm gonna see United losing this game.
0: Uh, 2 0. Uh, any thoughts on it, Croyf?
2: Well, as you said, bore jaw, but I think Louis is really fighting for his life. Um, he they need to go and attack but Stoke Stoke can not thought of that team they once were under 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 uh, Tony Pulis, and they 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 play all right under Hughes but I think the the wingers for Stoke are, are the key for them in in, in in this game, and and as uh, Bayan pointed out, Sha- Shaqiri will be licking his lips at the prospect of facing United defence.
0: Yeah, I might say. Um, I'd go Stoke for the win. Yeah, I think Stoke maybe two nil, like you're saying, Bayan. Maybe two one. I think maybe um, Martial might get on the score sheet again if anyone <laughs> does. Um, Villa at home to West Ham, and and I only I looked at the table the other day and didn't realize just how off the pace Villa are at the moment. I mean they're ten points from safety, um, and
2: they're 5 from nineteenth as well. Yeah,
0: I mean You're rubbish. I mean if if they lose their next couple of games, they're almost a certainty for relegation in January. Um, West Ham. Haven't been great lately without Pyatt, but he's apparently going to be back for their game against Liverpool. Um, but you'd fancy West Ham for the win in this one, wouldn't you?
2: West Ham, have West Ham been that good, though, without...
0: But That's what I'm saying, oh, Yeah, yeah so, so they've been poor without Pyatt. They've, got, I think they've got four... It's Villa,
2: it's Villa, too.
0: Four draws so, and a loss, I think?
2: Yeah, so you'd think that against Villa, they might be able to get the business done, but I don't think it'll be an entertaining game by any means. I mean, maybe no. they'll
1: 1-0. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, they don't concede often. Um, West Ham, so I can see them sneaking a very, very boring 1-0 win. And on, on Villa, Randy Lerner's given – he's going to open the checkbook for Remy Gard. And I can tell you right now that if – well, when Villa inevitably go down, that – he's going to be in charge of the, the re- rebuilding process. So they've come to terms with that.
0: Yeah, well, I think he's actually said he'd be happy to stay if they get relegated. And I think that's... I think having that consistency is good. But um, who was the other club that had that happen? I think, was it Fulham? They brought in uh, Felix Magath and then he stayed with them when they went down and he didn't fare much better in the championship. But, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. They're for actually...
1: They're actually playing some decent stuff. They just don't have the cattle.
0: Oh, I mean, Sinclair has looked really good for them, and also IU. I mean, IU's come good in the last few weeks, and I think he was the one that was starting to come good just before Sherwood got sacked. Um, where he's, uh, He scored a fantastic goal on the weekend. Um,
2: oh, brilliant hit.
0: Is so...
1: He okay, scored a beauty against Swansea.
0: Oh, was that the game well, I'm thinking like, of? Was it the Newcastle like, game? Oh... No, yeah.
2: Now nah, the Villa goal was could the be. Iu goal was a great
0: goal this weekend. Like weekend just passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Against Newcastle, he scored a he scored a great one as well. And yeah, and he scored a good one against Swansea as well. Actually, um, yeah. So I it's gonna know. be it's gonna be interesting for them. Um, Bournemouth at home to Crystal Palace could be promising to be quite an entertaining game because Bournemouth are in pretty decent form now. I think they've won three games in a row. Um, Palace maybe a bit too strong or Bournemouth at home maybe able to get the job done?
2: Bournemouth could be a sneaky win for Bournemouth, but I mean, I, I think Bournemouth won't be, compl- I mean, they're sitting in 14th or 19 points, actually above Chelsea, but um, I mean, if, if they lost, I don't think they'd be too disappointed considering Palace aren't exactly a poor side, so if, if Bournemouth snuck a win or even a draw, I think they'd be pleased with it.
1: I think this will be a a fantastic game. I think it'll be really open. Because Bournemouth do give give up chances, but they try and beat you all day long. They constantly attack. Um, But I think Palace will just have enough with the form Balassie and Zaha are in, so I can see them winning 3-2. Yeah, really good game.
0: Um, If Chelsea hadn't got that win against Sunderland, they would be basically, or they would be in the relegation zone at the moment which is uh, pretty incredible to think and they're at at home to Watford um, in what promises to be another pretty interesting game Um, this one and also the Liverpool game are both it's going to be tough to decide which of these to watch Um, Chelsea at home but this will be the first test obviously for goose hitting Um, I'd still fancy Watford for the win in this one Yeah,
2: yeah you wouldn't
0: put it past them. Because, I mean, they they beat Liverpool last week with Klopp, so it's not as if, um, even if Chelsea start to play better, it's not as if beating them would be an impossible task for Watford. Um, and and Chelsea's players are just so out of form at the moment.
1: Um, so, is this at, at the bridge? Yeah, it's at the yeah. bridge. Ooh, I think Titi Kool have been playing... It could be too soon to have them playing better defensively and forwardly, and going forward. So I can see a 2-2 draw out of this game. I think they'll. I think Chelsea really need to start scoring goals. Don't don't. I mean, they need to pitch the defence, but don't worry about that too much. The main problem is that they're not scoring. So, yeah, I think they'll open things up a bit. They they need to get Costa back and firing, um, and sort out of bloody attitude. Uh, Hazard Hazard's improving. So yeah, 2-2.
2: Costa's just gone completely off the ball. It'll be interesting to see if um, he, he starts playing well again under Hiddink, but, I mean, he's just a terribly unlikable player too, and which I guess doesn't mean much, but uh, he's just been absolutely woeful this season.
1: He doesn't run into the box anymore. That's their main problem. So It doesn't matter what the good... I mean, Pedro's been really good. Willian's been sensational. Willian's really been their best to- player. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter if these guys are, you know, beating a couple into the byline because they look up and there's just four opposition defenders in the box and there's no one, no one making that late run. And Tosser stored the bolt of his dolls from my memory last year at the near post.
0: Yeah. You know, so someone, yeah. someone
1: would go down the get to the byline, flip it in, and he'd beat his defender to the near post and and uh, and score. And he's not doing much at you know outside the box. So they really need to get him
0: him firing going forward. Um, we've then got Liverpool at home to Leicester and uh, if you believe some people on the board this is guaranteed 3 points for Liverpool. Um <laughs> uh Isn't it ridiculous honestly.
2: Yeah. Isn't it absolutely ridiculous?
0: Would Leicester be would you put would you have Leicester as clear favourites in this game? I'm trying to think because oh. I mean
2: I wouldn't say clear favourites because it's, it's at Liverpool, but I think they deserve to be favourites.
0: Um,
1: Leicester should be favourites just based on where they are on the table and the way they're playing and, you know, Liverpool coming off an absolute flogging. And although, although you know, in typical being Liverpool style, I think that if they were fully fit, <laughs> I probably would tip them, To to be honest. But... So, oh, Sacro was so far off the pace. If he doesn't, they really need him to regain his his form <laughs> as soon as possible. Sturtle's out.
0: Is Lovren so, injured?
1: Yeah. He's, does, does it make a difference? Yeah, yeah,
0: but so so as in so it's going to be Toure coming in for Skirtle.
1: Well, on the weekend when Sturtle went off, they um, put I'm on Victorij Gim- Gim- and no, they put Lucas the centre oh. half, a chance uh, holding midfield. So I don't know whether, and they left Tullo to Turo on the bench. So that might have been because they were, they were already down and had to had to chase the game. But um, I could definitely see, you know, I, I can see Klopp wanting a ball playing centre half. Yeah. Um, to to come in there. So I could I could see Chan playing there on the weekend. But I think given given Sacco and um, he's not he's not back to full fitness or full form. Far from it. And, and a makeshift centre-half pairing, I can see...
2: I can see That's Leicester winning 3-0. Well, with no, no beast mate there, the Liverpool one <laughs> strike it. Isn't this whole thing under Klopp, isn't it all just a bit of a wake fest, really? Just the same <laughs> amount of points to games averages. what Rogers?
0: Sure, but, I mean, Rogers shaped the squad, and Rogers had the pre-season. I think people are being a bit harsh on Klopp if they're expecting him to magically turn Rogers failed signings into brilliant players. Uh, No, of course not. And he's already done that with Origi. Origi's looking a lot better.
2: But the way people go on about Klopp, it's like he's the second coming of bloody Jesus or something.
0: Oh, I mean, they were doing that when he he was first appointed, but I think it's all calmed down a bit lately.
1: I think, to, to to be fair to him, you know, one of the reasons they like him a lot is the fact that they beat Man City early. And they yeah. kind of said, "Well, actually, you know, R- Rogers, similar to Moyes, um, could ne- could n- never beat a top four side. So, and yet, yeah, you know, this bloke's come in, and I think it was his second game was against was against Man City, and and they, they rolled them away very very comfortably. So that's probably why they're so high on him. But they have heard I mean, that that injury. As much as I don't rate him as highly as Liverpool fans do, is the best defender in the comp." Um, he is very, very important to them because without so he's, he's, uh... a, he's a good player.
2: He's he's a very good defender. I think he's he's uh, athletically very good. He's strong. Um, he tackles well, but I just I don't think he's the best
0: centre back in the league. Can't seem to hold his feet very well. Um... <laughs> oh, he's not. He's <laughs> got put he's on, he,
2: <laughs> he got put on I... his ass.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, he's he's a good player, but he's not what Liverpool fans big him up to be. Don't look
1: at that last game. Oh, I can't yeah, yeah. But don't look at that last game too much. He's, oh, no, he's, he's just come back from a long-term injury. He clearly was rushed in and is not fully fit. Oh, clearly,
2: but as a, he's a good player. But he's not what the Liverpool fans think he is, in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, no, no I, I definitely rate him as probably the best centre back at the club. And I was so surprised that Rogers never played him. Yeah, but... it was, it's odd. I mean, obviously he's been injured a lot, but. Um, yeah, it's a surprising one. Um, we'll, we'll move on. and we'll, There's the, the Man City game um, next, which is Man City up against Sunderland. And I think this is the annual Sunderland 1-0 fixture, Win. isn't it?
2: Yes. May <laughs> as well give them the three points now.
0: Um, do we see City bouncing back and getting a victory in this one?
2: Well, company's meant to play, so yes.
0: That's almost a guaranteed clean sheet for them, isn't it? I think yeah. they've, they've conceded one goal when Company has played, and they've conceded the rest when he, when he don't. Th- they don't think they've kept a clean sheet when he hasn't played.
2: It's it's al- it's alarming though, that a, a manager who was a centre back in his career cannot get his side to defend well.
0: And I think Kizer and Mimba were highlighting a few still frames from the Arsenal game that where the defending just looked so poor, where Mangala was ball watching and, and other players are out of position. Um, and they just—they can every game.
1: Uh, well, I'll give—I don't know why I'm defending these bunch too, but Otamendi, um, i will give him the benefit of the doubt because he's just just coming to the lead. He yes. was—he had a an excellent eighteen-month spell with Valencia, which is the reason he was b- bid up so much. But he's looked a long way off the pace positionally. He, I think he looked on the,
0: he, he looked on the angry pills against Arsenal. He's the way he was he into Giroud.
1: and he did—he put in an abs. He should have been sent off against um, Stoke. He basically tried to break Shakiri's leg after Shikari nutmegged him, <laughs> 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 put him on his ass. Um, so,
2: I'll give him a pass. As for Mangala, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mangala has a M- Mangala has a physical attributes to succeed. The, the, I don't know if you guys have seen him run, but that guy is like a bloody bull. He's so quick.
1: But his his pass was just completely ridiculous to set up um up, to set up that goal for Giroud. Um, you know the pass that went to the found its way to Özil.
2: Oh, and um, the amount of time I didn't actually see the pass that got to Özil, but the amount of time Özil had on the ball to control it, turn, and then play a pass was ridiculous.
1: He's he's got no game sense and. Yeah, so he doesn't—he doesn't know where to go. I'd—I'd I'd probably doubt he speaks the same language as as Otamendi. That's probably another problem they've got with Sanya and Tolorov. Tolorov's no good defensively,
0: well, that's which, which
1: which doesn't help things. But he's just not like when you're playing that back four and they're trying to push up, have the high line, play the offside trap. Mandala's usually sitting two metres behind that, playing yeah. everyone on side. Yeah. So, mate. What do you like? Well, Plus, I, guess it, I guess it points to the cross point. you got you got a, a, you know, center half as coach. What the bloody hell's going on with this bloke? Why am they addressing this in training? And why does it
0: continue every week? It's the interesting point you make about the language barrier because um, obviously, I mean, company as a Belgian would presumably um, speak a bit of French. And, oh, yeah. and if you have Sanya Company and Mangala in that back line together, that could go some way to explaining why when Company was playing at the start of the season, Mangala looked a lot better. And I know there was talk when they first signed Otamendi that Mangala was going to go the other way. Um, and Mumba and Kizza were a bit disappointed because he was starting to improve. Um, and obviously he's dropped he's off a bit now. But um, perhaps that's some way to explaining why he was a better pairing with Company, that they just had better communication.
1: Yeah, t- communication. Um, obviously, Company's club captain so they'd all um, look up to him he's been there a while commands the respect of the dressing room you know I think if if he wasn't there during the Balotelli era would have been an absolute implosion so um, yeah they miss him more more than just a player but as a leader and a communicator because he's you know those centre-halves that sit there just shouting all day yeah at at, at the rest of the defenders you know pushing the line up It's, it's the one thing that Gary Neville used to do really, really well, the communication, making sure that the, the bat four we're, were all completely flat all the time. When company's not there, that doesn't happen. The only one that adheres to it really is Sanya. Um,
0: so score predictions for this one?
2: City should be beating Sunderland, really. I, I, City, but the, that it's sort of their bogey team sort of thing. So if Sunderland's surprised, you're like, oh, yeah. if Sunderland won, you wouldn't be surprised, but... City honestly should be winning this game. But I think it may be a draw.
1: Is this Kuhn's, uh second game back? Uh, yeah. Yes. Trun against... Trun Eduardo against UNIS <laughs> <Club>. <laughs> I'm going to have to... I, I do make these predictions a bit, and sometimes I come off, sometimes I don't. But <laughs> if Trun if You remember that game where Trun scored, was it five against Newcastle yeah. in yeah. 10 yeah. minutes? Yeah. I didn't see something similar happen, and I reckon I win 6-0. Now
0: mm. flood them. Wow. Um, next up, Spurs at home to Norwich. Um, Spurs have been okay, I guess. I mean, they got the win against Southampton last week, but they've been a bit patchy lately. They had that loss to Newcastle. Uh, um Should be putting Norwich away at home.
2: Yeah, definitely. Spurs Spurs have been well. They went, I think they were 11 unbeaten or something, and, uh, uh, since they lost that on the, on the opening day, but. I mean, they're they're, play, they're playing quite well. They're, they're churning out results too, so you you think they should be winning at home, especially. No, no chance pushovers, but Spurs should have enough quality in their side to get them over the line.
0: Spurs one nil. Um, Swansea at home to West Brom. Um, they've they've they haven't looked any better since they sacked Monk. You'd kind of hope that there would be a bit of a Bit of a bounce in the results, and they scored against City, I guess, but um, they obviously conceded quite late. Uh, and then that 0-0 draw with West Ham last week. Um, will they fare any better against West Brom? Well, they really
1: need they really need Gomes to start scoring. Well, they need someone to start scoring. I noticed that um, they've moved they're basically playing IU up front full time now because they can't they can't score any goals without him being involved. Uh, against West Brom, they've been pretty solid defensively. I mean, under Peelers, you know, it's a very pragmatic style of football. But um, and Darren Fletcher has been really good for them this year. But I can, I don't know, about Swansea to win win two one, um, and and with Gomez and are you storing if they can get Gomes fit like firing like he was at the start of the season, they'll be safe, no worries. And but, but they should fire
2: striker in January. Can, can they get him firing though?
1: I don't know. That's why I said if. But they have, they have played better under the Taker than they were under Monk, under Mark. And at least they've stopped, they've kind of stopped getting flogged.
2: So that's something.
0: Crif, do you have a prediction?
2: Uh, one one.
0: Um, Newcastle at home to Everton could be. Pretty entertaining game. Um, Everton scoring quite a bit lately. Uh, Lukaku's going on a bit of a goal run himself. Um, all the talk of Vardy, but I think Lukaku's now scored in something like five or six Seven. games in a row. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Um, so he's he's doing pretty well himself. Um, you'd have to back Everton in this one, but Newcastle have been um, prone to the odd great result lately.
2: No, I think, I think Everton will do it. Quite comfortable. Barkley, Delafayu, and Lukaku—nice, nice trio—and I think um, that'll get them over the line.
1: Jack Colbeck's going to have a hell of a, a lot of work to do to stop uh, Delafayu and, and Barkley, but he really needs to—he he needs to be best on ground for them to have any chance of winning. Um, but Everton's defence isn't that flash. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but yeah, John Stones—he's got all the. All the attributes. He's a beautiful passer of the ball, but he's he's not playing very well at the moment. So, and for all for all the good that you know, you kind of Baines and Tolman have going forward, they haven't been as, as as good as in previous years defensively. I'm going to tip a one-one draw here.
0: Um, and just on Everton, um, there was news the other day that there's actually an American consortium in talks for a 200 million pound takeover of the club, um, which looks like it's quite advanced, um, I think they're at the stage of doing their due diligence. Um, What would that mean for Everton if they could get that sort of um, money coming into the club? Might not Um, Liverpool off their perch and shut them up. (laughs) That would be good. Because, I mean, Um, Everton have been the one for quite a while, which seems like, you know, um, they're the second team in a you know, two-team city with, with the other side of Liverpool of such a dominance, some dominant force that Everton just seemed that obvious option for investment to really kind of take them to that next level?
1: Well, um, there are a couple of things that are, are against it. They, they can't expand their stadium. So they're got yeah. well, well, very, think... very similar problems to what Liverpool have had, you know, in terms of um, land area houses around the ground being owned. Bill Kenwright has been massive for that club. When he took over, they really in the in, in the doldrums, and he's put his hand in his pocket on many an occasion. Some Everton fans would say that he hasn't put his hand in his pocket enough, and that he's kind of holding them back, and it's time for for new ownership. Hope it's not a false dawn for them, because there's been rumours of takeovers of that club for about 15 years now, yeah. and nothing's ever ever materialised. Interesting that um, it's it's Americans, because I mean, clearly you've got Americans owning Arsenal, you've got Americans owning United, and Americans just bought I think it was a 37% stake in Palace last week.
2: Well, they own Liverpool too. And
1: Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that hopefully it's more a case of uh, um, they're more John he- John Henry than they are. Crunchy Glazer, and, um, yeah, whoever else owns. Yeah. The US owners and actually put their hands in their pockets and try and do something with, with the club as opposed to just looking at it from a complete financial perspective.
0: Um, yes, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then the last game of the week, we've got Arsenal um, away to Southampton as the very late game at 6.45am. Early game. Um, early game, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, Arsenal are in pretty three good form, but. 3, three 1. Yeah?
1: Another,
2: another two assists to Urzil.
1: <laughs> downhill ski. My- David Myler style.
2: Um... <laughs> yeah, wait. Did you get any assists against United? Or was he downhill skiing against them too? Urzil? Yeah. I don't know, was that the only game you watched this year? I don't know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did, did he get any wow. assists
0: against you? What was what, the score in that United game? Forget. Yeah, what was it, Bayad? 3-0, wasn't it's... it? Oh, that's three-nil. right, it was 3-0. <laughs> remember,
2: remember we tore you a new asshole? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, we tore you a new asshole for the
1: last decade. <laughs> that's with the ball, we get the horns, man. How's Van Hal going now? Oh my house! I was vended on the last <laughs> ten years. I've got plenty.
0: Keep it. S- S- Southampton <laughs> Arsenal, get back on. Get back <laughs> on the topic. Um, Arsenal have That's... been looking okay, but they've slipped up a bit in against the um, teams like West Brom and, and Norwich and and so on. So Southampton would be in with a sneaky chance for this. Are you serious? I reckon, I reckon Arsenal
1: will, will, will win 3-0. The only yeah. way Arsenal Arsenal don't completely flog them is if, say, uh, Koscielny goes down or, you know, Check gets sent off or something uh, like
0: that. I guess. So, I mean, it's easy Jack to... Have
2: been crap.
1: Van Dijk crap. is an absolute fraud. The biggest fraud centre-half I've seen. I saw him in some team of the season earlier in the year. So I couldn't believe my eyes. He's basically... <laughs> Just
0: because... I mean, look, look, I completely accept the point that Southampton are playing poorly and Arsenal are playing pretty well at the moment. But it's easy to forget that it was only a few games ago that they were drawing and losing to, to your Sunderland, to your New, uh, Norwich and West Brom. Uh, and um, there was a third team, I think, that they struggled against. I can't remember who it was.
2: The West Brom game, we lost Cocolon and Carzola in the same game.
0: Yeah... I, I look. I, I, I accept that Arsenal are likely to win this game, but I just think there is that chance that Southampton could sneak, the, like either a draw here or, or a sneaky one 0 win. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting you're to
1: see. You're completely right, SM. Arsenal are shit, and no, I fully expect Southampton to be comfortable.
2: <laughs> Arsenal are shit. What's the United?
0: <laughs> um, anyway, we'll get we'll get uh, any closing thoughts from either of you.
2: Uh, Merry Merry Christmas.
0: Bye bye, Louis. I say, don't you know?
1: You say, you don't know. I say,
0: this
1: good
0: night. I move this <laughs> good night. Come on. Take me out. right, Um well, I should say Mary C. Yeah.